All right, welcome, welcome into the 85th episode of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. We have a great show for you this week. We are pre-draft, so we're going to be talking about a lot of trades and a lot of player values, and what's more important is a lot of pick values as it relates to the NFL draft. A lot of these uh, first-round picks that you all have and have been coveting and holding like the ring from Lord of the Rings. My precious, my precious 2023 first-round pick. Uh, so we're going to be going through that. We have a short reports from around the realm section and, again, a larger trade section where we're going to be going over values of first-round picks compared to players. And then Max and I come very close to reaching an agreement. You'll have to listen to the end to see if the deal goes through. Uh, today's episode is sponsored by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Use code MONARCHY, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for $100 in deposit cash Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Let's go. Why, hello there, my fellow kings and queens. Welcome to the Dynasty Monarchy podcast, where you will learn how to rule over your Dynasty League for years to come. Now, allow me to introduce you to your hosts, Max, Peter, and Jace. Here we go. Episode 85 of the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. It is Friday, April 21st. Whoever you may be, however you may be listening, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, welcome, welcome in. We have the guys back for another week. Max and Super Producer are holding it up in the land. I am in the city of brotherly love via New Jersey currently, back, uh, back in Jersey at my parents' house for the weekend. Gentlemen, it's been a little bit of a crazy week. We're a week out from the time of recording to the draft, but I wanted to hop in and talk about something else just to start the episode. I don't know if you guys saw uh, Dylan Brooks on the Memphis Grizzlies this past week was yelling at uh, LeBron James and was basically calling him every word in the book. Would you do that to your GOAT? Would you do that to the greatest player that you've either seen or played with? If you were competing against the GOAT, or would you show reverence to the GOAT? Because this has been very hot online. Some people are saying that he's there's something wrong with him. Some people are saying, no, talk your SHIT. Max, start us off. I just think that if you're going to talk like he has been doing, you at least have to be a good player. I think he's the most mediocre dog player there is. Like He just talks, and that's – He's basically like Draymond, and he hates Draymond, but he's just like him. Is he the new Draymond? I don't know. I think he's very overrated. Uh, I'm shocked the Grizz actually won that game without job, but if you're going to talk like that, especially to LeBron, at least be able to back it up. He played like 26 minutes and like barely did anything. I think he really, like you said, Max, he's trying to be Draymond. He's trying to be the new Draymond. He's trying to put on this persona. Like You can tell he's feeding into it. He likes all the controversy, but I, I kind of do like it though, because do you think all it's these, the league? Yeah. I mean, it is like, just because it makes the drama high. Everyone's watching to see if LeBron can dice them up or whatever, but that's the thing at the end of the day, you have to realize is these dudes are elite athletes, regardless of whether or not you like it or don't like it. Everybody's going to talk crap all the time. And, uh, you know, I hope LeBron wins, honestly. Let's go back to the root of the question. Would you talk 
on your favorite player or like the best player of all time? If you were cooking them, if your team was winning, would you talk it? I feel like a lot of people out there would. If you personally are cooking and your team, if you're on the team and you're beating him and you're playing like reasonable minutes, and I'm playing like some solid ball. Yeah, you're playing solid ball. Sure, why not? Okay, super producer. Yeah, I, yeah, I'm with it. I'm I'm a proponent. I've talked my fair share of crap during pickup basketball games, so I would assume that. I, I think could there's throw a, line. a couple jabs. There's definitely a line that you don't cross. But I think a little bit of a chirping back and forth, I think that uh, is getting misconstrued. I, I was coming into this, and I honestly thought my answer was going to be, no, you, you got to show reverence. And the more you guys – you kind of talking me into it. You got you to ride or die for your guys. Sometimes that means getting in, in, in LeBron's head. So I did want to just throw that out there at the start of the episode before we got into everything. I want to thank everyone for making it to the 85th episode of the podcast. We have a great show for you today. I really mean that. Reports from around the realm, it's starting to shrink up as we approach the draft. It's going to be one week from the time that we're recording this, which is crazy. This is going to be the last week uh, that we have an episode before the first round of the draft starts. I'm sure we're going to do a uh, first round draft reaction uh, on the Friday after. Uh, we're all actually going to be together in the city of Brotherly Love, uh, holding it down in Philadelphia. So you will get, for the first time ever, everyone on the podcast together for a full episode, which is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, I actually, uh, I'm really excited for that part. But this today, we have our shortened reports from around the realm, and then we are going to be diving into our trade corner. We are going to be hearing from all of you out there. We're going to be hearing all your trades in all these different leagues. I have some highlighted that I really want to get to because I do think they're interesting. And believe me, if you think this episode is going to be pertinent a week and a half from now, values are going to change drastically when the draft comes. So please stay tuned this week, next week, and the following week. It's going to be so pivotal for you and your teams. Wanted to give a quick shout out to Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Uh, Underdog Fantasy is the quickest and easiest way to play fantasy football. They have season-long basketball teams you can draft in just a couple minutes. And a lot of people out there, they might be new to best ball this year. It is stress-free fantasy football. Stress-free fantasy football. All you do is draft the team. There's no league roster management. There's no trades. There's no adding and dropping of players. Every week, your optimal lineup gets set by the computer, and the points come in. So it's optimal, stress-free fantasy football. You draft it now, you set it, and you absolutely forget it. Underdog Fantasy is our preferred best ball platform and is the presenting sponsor of the Dynasty Monarchy podcast. Use our code, Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, and get a free deposit match up to $100 in bonus cash. Monarchy, M-O-N-A-R-C-H-Y, for a free $100 deposit match in bonus cash. Gentlemen, Let's get into reports. All right, I wanted to shout out Matt Driscoll, the wide receiver force in Pittsburgh. Gets a little bit thicker here with the addition of Allen Robinson. Uh, gentleman, two years past his prime, absolutely tragic season this past one. Are you even thinking about it? Let's say you're a competitor. Are you giving a flyer on this guy for a third-round pick? 
I don't know, man. They really paid pennies for him. They swapped seventh round picks. The Rams paid 10 of his $15 million. Like, it's not like they invested something in this guy. And he used to be elite. I, he did. I mean, he played in Chicago. He played in Jacksonville. The guy was really good. He was borderline Mr. Consistency. He was up for the award his first year. He was electric. And, I mean, you guys remember Alan Hearns, too? Yes. That's a blast from the past fantasy name. Yeah, bro. I used to love drafting like those duos like Alan Hearns and Alan Robinson and then drafting like Alshon Jeffrey and Brandon Marshall. Like you can't beat it. But back to this reality that we're in. No, I don't think I'd even pay like a third. I mean, maybe it's like a 24 third. Sure. Because like that doesn't hold much value to me, but I don't think you'll get that to go through. I'm just totally staying away. I don't even think if I was a competitor with no wide receiver depth that I would even think about giving a third crowded wide receiver room there. And who knows, man? I mean, it just shows that Robinson really is washed because like you guys said, I mean, they swapped seventh round picks. I think the uh, Rams are paying like 10 million of his $15 million uh, for the season as well. I feel like it's tough to see a path where he actually comes out with any decent production. Yeah. Allen Robinson, you want to talk about guys that have just gone by the wayside. I think of guys like Dwayne Bow. you know, one day they're here, one day they're gone, uh, especially in the fantasy space. So, you know what, if I could get him for a late third this year, I will take that chance. If I can get him for a mid third, I, I would take that chance as well. If you're a competitor, you always need depth. You always need depth. You never know who's going to go out. You could have your two studs go out and some guy you just took a Hail Mary on has a big week and propels you through the playoffs. You never know. But outside of that late third round, mid to late third round pick, I think it's there's just no hope for this guy. If I'm not a competitor, I would just sell him. I, I don't know if I would let him go. I'd let him sit on my bench. But if he's taking up roster space that I don't have, I think he's just a straight cut at this point. Roster space is about to get limited, man. I mean, get rid of your guys now. I always, I mean, one of the best days of the year is like right after the rookie draft's done and these guys have five, six guys over their roster limit and they have to drop some good players. So try to downsize. I mean, trade two for ones, do three for one even if you have to. I mean, trade three bums for an average guy, you know? So whatever you can really do, but just try to downsize and make sure that you have enough room so you don't have to drop players after the draft. All right, let's keep moving forward. Josh Jacobs and Evan Engram have not signed. Sorry, I was about to say signed. They have not signed their franchise tags, and they will not show up to voluntary voluntary programs this offseason. Uh, Super producer Nick C came in here earlier and said that Mr. Balky out of uh, Jacksonville said that they're working on a long-term extension for Evan Engram. So he's somebody that I'd be more willing to buy into. Tell me that a year ago. You'd, I'd say you're crazy. I'd be more willing to buy into Evan Engram right now than probably Josh Jacobs, uh, especially if I'm a competitor. I feel like Jacobs, there's an outside chance that he holds out, and that would be very scary. Gentlemen, what's your opinions? I would agree. I mean, I think that Evan Engram will get paid, and I think that Evan Engram is one of those guys that I'd be trying to go get. If someone's scared that he's going to hold out, I would be loving to get Evan Engram right now. I mean, playing with Trevor Lawrence, he had a career year last year. Offense is only going to take a step up because Calvin Ridley is going to be there. Christian Kirk, ETN, they got a whole year under their belt. And then Evan Ingram, I was just there as well. Um, Nixie, you think Evan Ingram or Josh Jacobs is the safer buy now? Yeah, it's definitely got to be Ingram for me. 
I mean, the dude was productive. I mean, especially like you said, with these different pieces coming with Ridley, I mean, this whole offense for the Jaguars is, I, they got an argument to be a you know top quarter of the league offense, depending on how Lawrence progresses. And for me too, as far as Jacobs, it, it's tough because I've never really been a huge fan. I was actually a big seller uh, before the season, this past season, and it kind of burned me in some spots because he came out and had a career year for the most part. Um, where I kind of lost some value here and there, but I saw somebody talking about it and it's really a tough landscape to sell or buy any of these running backs that aren't rookies for the most part. Um, because there is a lot of uncertainty, especially as far as Jacobs is concerned, uh, realistically, he'll be back on Las Vegas and he'll probably get 280 touches, probably North of that. So you can see some safe floor as far as a competitor, but I don't know. I, I just can't find myself to spend a first and a second to get him because that's probably all that people will trade him away for if, if they have him. I think I think Jacobs is very interesting this season. Uh he's shown that his uh uh he's shown his displeasure in Las Vegas and he's shown it very publicly, especially to the media. I wouldn't doubt and this is coming from a Jacobs owner and somebody who's relying, like his whole season's relying on Josh Jacobs this this upcoming year. I wouldn't doubt if he has, like, he tweaks his ankle, he's just going to milk it and be out for weeks and weeks and weeks just because he knows he's right on the, the precipice of getting paid, um, paid, like, decent, like, life-changing money. So if you're a Josh Jacobs owner and he's your RB1, he's my RB2 currently. I have Derrick Henry. Um, but if you have him as your crux one of your cruxes in winning the league do yourself a favor divest out of tight end divest out of wide receiver and go get a solid back of running back i could just see it now where he either doesn't have the season that he wants to because he you know xyz doesn't feel like playing hard because he knows he's about to get paid or if he gets the slightest injury just like lamar last year when lamar knew he was going to get paid and he just sat out the last six weeks so do your due diligence with jacobs this upcoming season but let's keep moving forward. It looks like Trey Lance has been on the trade block. San Francisco has been entertaining trades for Trey Lance, number three overall pick from the 2021 draft class. Gentlemen, if let's say he gets moved, let's just play devil's advocate and say he gets moved to any team because any team is probably a worse fit than San Francisco. Where does his stock go? Because right now, I think it's super flex. And I, I don't think I'm being generous. I think I'm being very fair here. I think he's worth like a first and a half. Just because of his potential upside. I don't think he's worth two to three firsts like some people probably do. Um, I think he's worth a first and a half at this point as a fair, objective bystander. Just looking at this from the outside. If he goes somewhere else, what happens to his value? And he's guaranteed to start somewhere else. Let's put it like that. I mean... If that's the case, his rushing upside alone, I mean, warrants him another first rounder, I feel like, just because of his legs. Um, it really depends on the team and the weapons he has around him, I feel like. But if he's guaranteed to start somewhere with his legs, and even if he goes to a dog franchise that doesn't have much around him, he's still worth to me. He, his value will go up regardless. So I think he's a perfect buy low candidate that 
he goes to the right situation, bang, you're really cashing in. If he goes to an average situation, you're still getting a guy for fair value and decent price. We got to remember the 49ers traded like three first to get this guy. Yeah. It's not like they like, oh, maybe we'll take Trey Lance in like the sixth round or even like the end of the first. Oh, no, we, we want this guy. They know he has talent. Max. But when you listen to John Lynch speak, he's not convinced. No, I think he likes the fact that Brock Purdy costs next to nothing right now. And will cost next to nothing for the next, like, four years. And that Trey Lance that you're going to have to really – I mean, it makes sense to save some money. I don't think Brock Purdy's a better prospect than Trey Lance. I don't. Totally with you, Max. Honestly, like, there's no better fit than San Francisco for him. There's – a couple landing spots that could be very nice. Like I've seen people talking about maybe uh Trey Lance to Atlanta. That, that would be sick, honestly, but I'm with you too, Peter. I feel like it's a first and a half as the kind of buy-in price, maybe even just a late first. If I'm strapped for a quarterback, I'm probably willing to send that over. Um, Especially because he's one of those guys where we, we really don't know his talent level at all. And once he gets a full season under his belt, I mean, that value could easily double. He doesn't even really have to be that productive as a passer or win games. That value could just easily double. Not a so, not a great comp, but something I have to say. He's kind of getting the Ben Simmons treatment where it's, you know, he's quote-unquote still a rookie to me. He's played two games in the NFL. This upcoming season, like, I really would consider this his rookie year he's really played no games right for people at home Nixie is like cracking up but it's true he's played like no games in his nfl career he's played two games the one that he actually played he got hurt in like the second quarter what experience does this guy have under his belt we really don't know we don't know what this guy is he, he's truly an unknown variable he's from a uh, relatively small school who was not great at passing uh, coming out of college. He was not great at passing, but he could run. He could run like the wind. I don't know. I think it's it's definitely going to be interesting moving forward. The other thing too, right? So he's played two games in the NFL. Legitimately, even in college, he didn't even play that many games. I mean, he had one full season where he played 16 games, but the other two seasons he played two games and then one game. Wow. He's played no football over the past, like, five years, basically, wow. <laughs> which is crazy to think this dude was number three overall pick. I wish I, wish I could have asked backwards into being a number three overall pick like that. It, it is wild, but, I mean, it just shows you that, at least in the NFL circles, these GMs do see some type of ceiling. They see the upside of where, okay, give him a full season. Maybe he can develop as a passer, maybe, because you know he has the rushing upside, but – it is something that is, you know, you got to tread lightly because there's so little football that this guy's actually played over the past years. All right, that's going to move us into our trade corner. Gentlemen, get ready. Trades are coming. All right, welcome back. Uh, for any of those out there, Max has a grin on his face. Year to year, just like the Grinch. Uh, and from the Grinch stole Christmas, he's so excited. Trades are his favorite thing. So, Max, 
since they're your favorite thing, let's let you start off. Who would you like to trade? I should pick who goes first. Fine. You pick who goes first. And then they, then he says, Peter, I want you to get your pick in. Zinger, Peter, you're up. All right, Max, uh, for all those wondering this league that we, we try to do a trade every episode and uh, at least talk about a trade, this is a single quarterback, 12-team, half-point PPR, singular flex, one flex, not a super flex. Um, and, uh, Max, you have the 103 this upcoming season, and I want it. I have 110 currently. I was thinking about offering you Michael Pittman and 110 for 103. It really doesn't interest me that much. Okay. I have a counter. Okay. Why doesn't it interest you, first and foremost? I think the jump from 110 to 103 is a lot bigger than Michael Pittman, personally. Um, I mean, I'd be looking for like one more thing on top of that, honestly. One more legitimate piece. One more pretty solid piece, yeah. Okay, let me hear it. I was thinking Michael Pittman and Josh Jacobs for 103 and Bateman. So my team is consistent of Derrick Henry and Josh Jacobs are running back. Obviously, my backs are aging, right? Jacobs is 25, about to be 26. We all know when running backs get paid, they don't necessarily – do very well after that point. So we know this might be Jacob's last big year, plus all these factors, these risk factors. And then I'm relying on Derrick Henry, who's a dinosaur in fantasy football age, right? So my running back room is not solidified at the current moment. Those are my two big hitters, and I just have a bunch of backups and uh, other pieces on my bench to kind of fill the space, Um, like Cordell Patterson, Leonard Fournette. So the move up to 103 is very interesting to me. So I either get Jameer Gibbs or I get Jackson Smith and Jigba. I get the best receiver out of the class or I get a running back who I actually like as well. And I think prototypes very well of the NFL. I don't know. It, it's very interesting to me because if I do this trade, if I do this trade with you, Max, my team will no longer be competing. Why is that? Because I'm going to be losing a stud, a guaranteed guy that's going to go off for 20 points. And I would probably try to divest out. I feel like I can't be caught in the middle with these young guys and these old guys. I mean, you'd still have 110. Okay. And you'd still have the three receivers in tight end that you already have and Derek Henry. So your team really wouldn't change that much. You'd be adding Jameer Gibbs. And then it gives you flexibility at 110 to either go and take that and package that with Bateman and move up. Or... Yeah, package package that with Bateman and move up. Who's going to move up for 110 and, and Bateman? I won't even get 109 for that. I think you can move up to 108. And you also have 202 in there, too. So you'd have the draft capital. You'd have Rashad Bateman, who I honestly believe will take a step forward. It depends if Lamar's there or not. I don't know if we talked about this. Lamar did get offered $200 million guaranteed. He did. So I I don't know, Peter. I think... You're not sold on Jacobs. I'm not completely sold on Jacobs. But knowing who you are, you'll be able to flip them. Maybe. There's Maybe. only a couple people that trade in this league, Peter, so it's a little tough. But That's not true. I hate to, to do this to the listeners two weeks in a row, but I'm going to have to think about this one a little bit. 
It's not a no. I will give you an answer before the episode's over. It's fair, isn't it? It's more fair than I actually thought you were going to offer. So with that I being really said, I wanted to offer just 103 for those two, but I was like, I know there's no chance he takes this. Ah. I think Bateman, I could also make it Cooks and. Could you make it Devante? No, but I, I'm saying I, I could trade Bateman. I, I've had some interest from uh, some people in Bateman's. So. Okay. We have a lot of thinking to do on the podcast. I will let everyone know before the episode is over what I have decided. So you got to stay tuned to the end. I'm not doing this just to bait you all. I actually, I need to think about this. Let's get into the trades we received from other people. All right, we are into the trade segment. Gentlemen, let's not waste any time. First and foremost, on the docket, 14 teams, so a little bit of a larger league, super flex, full PPR, half point, tight end premium. So it's full PPR, half point, tight end premium, so 1.5 points for tight end. Uh, we got this question uh, online submitted to us. So it's Brock Purdy in 110. Brock Purdy in 110 in a super flex league or George Kittle. That's tough, man, because I'm in the camp where it's like Brock Purdy – could be worthless. I really think that. I get he had his run. I do. I think it was a great run. But he also could be like the next Tom Brady and be like Mr. Irrelevant into the superstar. So I would probably lean 110 in the Superflex full point PPR league um, and Brock Brady for sure. Yeah, I mean, as good as Kittle is in even uh, tight end premium, you got to think about it. I mean, he's 29 years old and – who knows how much longer he can get going, especially with the uncertainty at, for the San Francisco quarterback position. Um, I could see the trade if if you're a contender, like you you need that that bully tight end. But the guy that he traded with, so the guy that received Kittle, his team isn't world beater by any means. Um, he does he's not really super prepared to make a run so i don't really get the trade on his end i think i do lean 110 but i could see where there is value in getting kittle there i think i lean the 110 side as well like my whole thing i wish kittle was more consistent that, that's my problem with him he, he's a very inconsistent tight end but when he pops he, he pops hard don't get me wrong he'll have his three four game stretch during the year but it's yeah my thing with kittle is he's just way too inconsistent and like Timing exactly when he's going to have his three or four game like burst is just very, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it, it's laborious. Is that a word? Labor intensive. And I feel like I get the sweats whenever he's on my team. And I don't like when he's on my team. So I think I lean towards a 110 side guy. His season was so weird last year because he really does have those stinker games. Like, I mean, he had a stretch where he went tight end 31. Then was the tight end two, tight end 25, tight end 28, tight end 15. And then, I mean, for that that playoff stretch, though, I mean, he won some people championships. I mean, he had oh, 100%. Uh, he, he was tight end one, tight end three, tight end 12 with some big games. And that's all that's what you're paying for, especially in tight end premium, just to get that that bomb week, that 30 plus point week. But 
I think it's realistic to question how much longer he can continue to have those massive games, especially like like I was talking about the uncertainty at QB. All right, let's move on to the next one. So we we're all pretty unanimous on the Purdy side. Let's move on to the next one. We have a 12 team Superflex PPR. And this is probably my favorite trade that was submitted to us. I think this one actually, you know, three or four years from now, when we really truly know the answers to which side won, I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, so we have 101, 102 in this upcoming class. So most likely Bijan Robinson and your pick of the literate quarterback, right? Or Joe Burrow. Yeah, I remember seeing this trade on Twitter, actually, and when I voted, it was pretty close to 50-50, and I go back and forth on it. I do, but I think right now, I don't know if it's just we were talking about some draft picks, we're talking about rookies. I'm going to go 101 and 102. I think Young really could be a superstar talent. I get he's a little smaller, but take him. A little smaller, is that's a, that's a little bit of a misleading term. I don't know, man. I feel like everyone was like Kyler Murray is super small and I don't see much of a difference between the two of them. I really don't. I get Kyler Murray was like ultra athletic and played baseball and maybe a little beefier, but I'm taking Bijan and Bryce Young over Joe Burrow. Super producing. I mean, I'm really not a huge Burrow fan. I think what it comes down to me too is what the scoring looks like in this league, in this hypothetical league. If it's four-point passing touchdown, I think I would lean towards the picks here just because, you know, for the four-point passing, the the elite quarterbacks at least, they're going to have some bit of rushing upside, and that's really where you're going to get the league-winning quarterbacks. Don't get me wrong, Burrow's going to have plenty of volume through the air, but to see that you could possibly – I mean, you know, and this is draft dependent, obviously saying this, but you get Bijan, and then if Anthony Richardson goes top five, you get Anthony Richardson and Bijan. I, you know, it's tough to argue against that because then you could even, like, with with this, you're kind of trading away Burrow, who's a competing piece, to get maybe a rebuilding piece and Young or Stroud, maybe. But I feel like Richardson's. I feel like he's going to get a long leash and he could be a competing piece right away. And obviously Bijan's a competing piece. So I think there is some context, but I, I guess in a vacuum, not knowing that I, I would lean the picks, but. I also feel like you could take one one and just get the absolute haul for it. I mean, you. Wait, could what do you think you could get? I think you could go out and get a guy like, you could trade Joe Burrow, and then you could go get 102, and then you could get, like, for 101, you would trade for, like, Derek Carr and, like, just either a stud wide receiver or a stud running back. Like, a solid quarterback and a stud running back or wide receiver. So you're willing to take that downgrade? Yeah, bro. I mean, I'd, I'd take Joe Burrow for Derek Carr, Bryce Young, and, like, Amon Ross St. Brown. You would have to torture me to make me accept that. What? I just I don't know. Amon Ra scares me. He's always scared me as a prospect. I, I'm not his biggest fan. Insert T. Higgins. I don't care. I think they're pretty interchangeable. T. Higgins, Derek Carr, and Bryce Young for Joe Burrow. I would want an elite level wide receiver for 101. Like I would want AJ Brown. I would want one of those elite young guys. 
T. Higgins, twenty-four years old. He's a he, he, but he's a two. He's a two, Max. He's two years younger than AJ Brown. He's two. I don't know, man. I would take one. I mean, I love to trade. I'm an addict, and I feel like it bites me in the ass most of the time. But I you would take worry. you. You trade yourself into holes, and then when your back's up against the wall, you trade yourself out of holes. I've seen it before. It's true. It's a fun. One. It's a vicious cycle, as they say. Man. Let's keep moving forward. Uh, so I'm on the Burrow side. Max, what do you want? The picks. Max is on a pick. Super producer. I guess I would take the picks. It's close, though. You'd take the picks. I, I've switched. I'm on the Burrow side. I, I just like being safe. And uh, you know what? That's going to end up hurting me in my life eventually. One of these days. I'm going to be too safe. All right. Moving forward, 12-team half-point PPR. Uh, we have 103 on one side. So you're likely JSN or Gibbs or whoever. Uh, and then on the other side, it's 106 and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift, somebody whose stock has been plummeting ever since he was drafted. Uh, but it's still pretty high. Gentlemen, your take. This is actually a trade I sent out. Um, it just, you know, kind of goes to my point earlier. It's only about four people I can trade with. Um, this person doesn't check trade. So I think it's interesting. I could see it going really both ways. Swift is going to share the backfield of David Montgomery. I think that Swift was very underutilized in the running game last year, and I think owners could be a little down on him. This particular owner has three running backs, three pretty solid running backs. I figured he could move up and then move back down to 106. My range of picks that I'm comfortable in is from 101 to 107. After 107, I'm not comfortable anymore. For me personally, I'm fine with Bijan, I'm fine with JSN, Gibbs, I'm fine with Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, Charbonnet, and then my last guy that I'm like good with is Zay Flowers. Not A.T. Perry. No, not A.T. Perry. Um, so Max, you find yourself on the 106 and Swift side. Yeah. Okay, super producer. I think I'm definitely on the Swift and 106 side as well. I so I'm kind of assuming too that this would be one quarterback. Correct. Right? Yeah, it's just your standard half point PPR twelve team league. Yeah, like for me, Swift is a guy that I really do like still, and it's surprising to me to see that he's fallen as far as he has. I mean, I guess it's not surprising given that they brought in Montgomery, but in my opinion, Montgomery is not any type of threat as much he's probably an equal threat to Jamal Williams in my eyes. And he just has a bigger name. So Swift showed that he was efficient with his carries last year. While the question there is, can he stay healthy? That's the question with a lot of guys. I mean, you can't ever project injuries to happen to players. Um, but Swift is an elite running back. I mean, he's elite at forcing missed tackles. And I think last year, I saw that he averaged, I think it was just north of six yards per opportunity, whether that be like rushing or receiving. And that was, I think it was about like top four, top five amongst running backs. And so that kind of just shows you that Swift has this elite upside. You know that he's not going to get 260, 270 touches because he's going to be splitting time. But for me to be able to pick up a young running back in Swift, and then take a swing at 106, whether that be Charbonnet, Addison, Zay Flowers, Josh Downs, wh whichever guy that, that you're really into. But 
I think I'm I'm taking that over the uncertainty of maybe you get Jameer Gibbs. And don't get me wrong, Jameer Gibbs is good in his own right. But if it's JSN, if you know for sure JSN is 103, then I think I lean the 103 side. But it's tough to say because at this point, any of the ADP stuff that I've been seeing has JSN at 102 in single quarterback and then Gibbs at 103, and I'm just not super ecstatic about uh, Gibbs there. You don't like Gibbs at 103? I Just – I guess I should have clarified, like, for this package, I, I would not be ecstatic for trading Swift and 106 to get Jameer Gibbs. I, I don't think I would I would be too happy with that. I think we need to, like, actually, in the in the fantasy space, we actually need to have an earnest conversation about Swift. Because we've seen things, and I feel like a lot of people are turning a blind eye to what's going on in Detroit. Right, we realize that running backs, once they make it to that second contract, it's like three or four of them perform. Right, it's not a lot of them, and every passing day, he's getting closer and closer and closer to his deal running out, and we have no time in the future where we realize like, like David Montgomery's there, right? David Montgomery's there in uh, Detroit with Swift, and they gave Montgomery, didn't they give him like two years? on his deal two or three years on his three deal years. three years, 18 million, I believe. Right. I just don't see it for Swift moving forward. And I hate to say that because I loved him as a prospect coming out. I don't know what Carolina, sorry, what uh, Detroit sees that we don't see. I don't know exactly what their problem is with him, but if I was an owner of Swift, I would probably be wanting to, divest currently i feel like you could probably get more than 103 for 106 and swift i feel like you could get 103 and maybe you know xy wide receiver two on a team that would actually be valuable to you if you're competing uh someone like like an elijah moore somebody like that like young decent like back end first value um but i don't know i think it's time that we start moving away from DeAndre Swift and thinking about him as this sought after fantasy option. Cause I guess my thing too, with this is like, I'm just assuming here. So just assume, okay, it's Jameer Gibbs. You're trading for the same archetype of player, right? The smaller satellite back who's going to be catching passes out of the backfield probably won't get the work workhorse role where he's going to get the majority of the carries and then be in on third down. I mean, I get there's some safety in Jameer Gibbs at the same time, you know, Swift has done it already in the NFL, whether or not, I mean, it's just the same role basically that you would be getting with Gibbs for the most part. And then you get an extra first on top of it. That's kind of where I'm looking at it from. For the sake of this deal, I'm going to end up on the one Oh six and Swift side, because I think you could get more currently than 103. I think you could get a little more. Uh, but if there was a component where it was like a back end first, a 103 and like a guy that's worth like 111, somewhere in that range, 110, 111, I'd probably snap call the deal. Let's keep moving forward. This is a good one. DJ Moore or the 109. I think 109 is a little rough for DJ Moore. I think it needs to be more like 106, 107 for a talent like him. I don't think so, man. I mean, we've waited this guy's whole career. Um, it's always like, well, what if he gets a quarterback? What if he gets a quarterback? 
Okay. He has Justin Fields in Chicago with some inclement weather there probably sometimes. It's not sunny Carolina. I don't know. I think DJ Moore is a tremendous talent. I'd honestly rather have DJ Moore than the 109 because I think I'd rather have him than like Josh Downs or Jalen Hyatt. But like, I don't think 106. I don't think I'd pay 107. I feel like it's at that 108, 109 mark personally. I want to say that I lean DJ Moore side here. My main thing is looking at this draft after the, I mean, like you said, 106, 107, that's kind of the tier break. I feel like for single quarterback, as far as receiver goes. So once you start to get into those late first round picks, it's all going to be running back stuff. So I guess if you need a running back, that's fair. Go ahead. If you feel like you have the wide receiver depth, but I mean, to get DJ Moore for one of these guys, like, I don't know, Tank Bigsby, Tajay Spears, if they get draft capital, I mean, I'm, I'm taking that all day. And, you know, I was burned last year. I talked plenty of trash to, Peter, especially about Jalen Hurts in Philadelphia, like I don't know that I'm going to I'm not going to make a huge stance again about it. But at the same time, like I'm I feel like I'm not going to get burned either, like because this could explode and be the same offensive transition that you saw in Philadelphia where Jalen Hurts can't throw the ball. It doesn't seem like he can throw the ball at all. Comes out the next year and I mean, he's light lighting it on fire. And that's a whole other conversation, the Jalen Hurts conversation, but I think it just goes to say, like, Chicago's investing in Justin Fields, and so the natural progression for a lot of these quarterbacks is third-year leaps, fourth-year leaps, and he gets an alpha guy in DJ Moore. So I think I'm higher on DJ Moore than I originally thought going into this trade. I think, like... uh, Listen, we will have the Jalen Hurts talk from now. We'll be old men having the Jalen Hurts talk, you know, he'll be inducted into the hall of fame first ballot, you know, three Super Bowl rings and you'll still be telling me that he can't pass. And it's sad, but there's an argument for another time. We're here to talk about DJ Moore right now. I think when I, I watched his tape, I've watched so much DJ Moore tape and you just see that the quarterbacks cannot get him the ball. Right. And that's the only thing I fear out of Chicago. Right. That's the only thing I fear is if Justin Fields can't get him the ball. But we saw enough in college. And and to be honest, I watched a lot of Ohio State games because they play in a big games. He was able to make some good college throws, some very good, very tight windowed college throws. Obviously, it's a very different level in the NFL. Obviously, a lot of these big time talents bust out in the NFL. But I've seen him in big games, step up in big moments and deliver strikes to his receivers. I don't know about his work ethic. I don't know about X, Y, Z. But I've seen the talent at a competitive level against NFL caliber talent in college, right? I've seen it against those guys. You give this kid a couple more years to develop, I think DJ Moore, maybe not next year, but the following year, he's locked and loaded for a wide receiver one season, top 12 finish, 100%. Last trade I wanted to talk about before I open it up to the floor This one got submitted to us, and it went through in a league recently. And I just want to say, whoever got this deal done, whoever you are, whoever you may be out there, I want to say a hearty congratulations because you are the GM of the year. Somebody out there in the the universe, in a uh, 
half point 12 team league, half point PBR 12 team league, got the 104 for Austin Eckler. I have no other comment besides that. How did you do that, Max? I mean, in our league, Austin Eckler got traded for DK Metcalf straight. So it's crazy. This guy's almost 30. I know he's 27, but he's almost 30 at running back. Yeah, no, I, I agree. He's and he's got this whole contract thing going on. I mean, I think Austin Eckler's fine. I think if you're competing, sure, I'd I'd love to have Austin Eckler, especially if I know he's on the Chargers. But he's also been a little too healthy for me. So he has been a little too healthy. I don't know. Like if you're competing and it's like I have the one oh four and you got it on in a trade a while ago and you're running back away, I can see it happening. I can because at one oh four you're not gonna get Gibbs, you're not gonna get Bijan or JSN, you're going to get that next wave of people, which is fine, but it's probably, I mean, unless Jarbonet goes somewhere nice or everyone's going to shoot up. Like it's one week from now, it's going to be crazy, bro. Cause if Zay, Flowers goes, be nuts. if Zay Flowers goes to the Chiefs, he might go too. He really just might. He might, he might sneak into the top four. I don't know if he goes to. Bro, if he goes to the Chiefs and like JSN goes to like the Patriots. I'd still probably take JSN begrudgingly, but I wouldn't want to, but I would. I wouldn't want to. I want that to be known. I'd maybe take Zay Flowers. Oh, all five foot eight of them. Don't care. They, Patrick Mahomes requested him to run routes with him. All right. Any other trades that we want to highlight before we send everyone on their merry way? And, and I give Max an answer to his trade. Well, we skipped one. Oh, we did. Max, let me hear it. We skipped a highlighted one, Peter. It's a 103 or DK okay. Mick. I think we're all going to go DK here, but let me let me try to. If it was JSN or DK, I'd probably take JSN. I don't know. It's interesting. So ask me in a week. Literally ask me in a week. But um, let's let's make this a little bit more interesting. Garrett Wilson or 103. I think that's where it starts to get a little bit more interesting. Is Rodgers there? That's the whole question. Look, I don't know. I'm a Jets fan, and I don't even know. Because, bro, it's like if you take Garrett Wilson today and then Gibbs goes somewhere insane and goes 102 and JSN goes somewhere nuts too and it comes down to team context and you got JSN on the Chargers or Garrett Wilson on the Jets, I'm going to take JSN on the Chargers. That'd be insane, bro. Probably. And then you have uh, stability. You have stability at the quarterback position there as well with Herbert because you know Herbert's going to get an extension. Uh, and then Rodgers, you, you think like, you know, Wilson will have two years with Rodgers at the most two years. So I don't know. It'll be it'll be definitely interesting. Super producer, Garrett Wilson, 103. I think I still lean Garrett Wilson. Known commodity? Yeah, I mean, somewhat known. I, I'm just not comfortable. Like if it is – and that's the whole thing. I mean, if it's 102 or Garrett Wilson – then that's where I feel like the conversation's more interesting because then you can get your pick of JSN. Like, cause I really like JSN over everyone else. I mean, I feel like I'm not on an Island here. So it's like, if I know that I'm getting JSN, then all right, maybe go JSN side, but just for the uncertainty that the I'm going to get now. stuck. Yeah. The uncertainty, even if Gibbs goes to the best spot possible, I, I'm just not willing to give up that stud wide receiver, young wide receiver for a young running back, basically. All right. 
that's going to bring us to the end of our episode. And Mr. Peter is going to have to sadly decline Max's trade. I'm glad you're going to decline it. I, I, I knew I offered it on the show, so I was going to stick with it. But the more I think about it, bro, I, I'm getting a bad deal. I, would have Jacob- I don't think you're really getting a bad deal. I'd have Jacobs and Devonte, both players that are like right there, one injury, one thing away from just being literally irrelevant. Pittman's fine, but like, is Pittman that much better than Bateman? Like, could yes. Be- the, the straight answer is yes. I want to practice what I preach on the show, and something that I've always preached is like a rule of conservatism. Right? Don't take crazy risks. Don't take leaps and bounds if you want to compete every year. Right? For me, that one hundred three pick if the draft doesn't shake out correctly, and even if it's like a 1% chance of 1% chance of happening, it's too much of of a risk for me to say like Gibbs goes somewhere that I don't like JSN goes to a great place. And then I'm sitting at one Oh three drafting a running back that I'm not happy with. And then I don't want to take the next best wide receiver because I'm not really like thrilled with this class. Right. So I would rather pay more to max and like it might be a considerable amount more, but I'd rather pay more and know what I'm going to get on the other end of it than potentially burn myself and then blow up my franchise. Yeah. I mean, and also for me, like I want to trade 103, but at the same time, I'm going to be in Philly in a week. I need to have a draft pick. I need to have 103 during that NFL draft. Like that, that's the fun part of it. That would be electric. It, it will be. So like, like you just said though, Peter, like if that scenario, that exact scenario happens, I don't know what I'd do. I mean, it depends obviously where these guys go. Like I love Zay Flowers. I really think he's going to be a special talent. I'm not sold on Quentin Johnson. I'm not sold on Jordan Addison, but I also like Zach Charbonnet a lot. And if he goes somewhere like the Bengals, like be a no brainer. Right. So. I think it's going to be very interesting. And I feel like the running backs are going to shift drastically based on their right. landing spots. Yeah. A hundred more than the wide receivers, like drastically, drastically. Yeah, bro. It's like, Bigsby or Tucker goes to like a really, really solid team. And it's like, yeah. I, they'll be top four, top five. Like they'll shoot up there. And then like, you can get Quentin Johnson, Jordan Addison, these guys that four months ago, we thought were going to be four and five picks four yeah. and five. It scares me for like, it scares me for guys like, uh, like Gibbs, like that have like mid second round grades. Like what if he goes to the Raiders, right. And Jacobs is there. And then I wouldn't love it. I don't know. It's just there's so much risk uh, that's involved with these running backs and and getting these picks early if you need running back. If you need running back, that's a big question. Gentlemen, thank you for being on the podcast. I want to thank everyone for listening to the podcast, making it all the way to the end. What a week we're going to have. Pray for my sanity with Rodgers. If he doesn't get traded on draft night, uh, I'm going to be going through it. So just just say a prayer for me that night. I'm going to need it if that happens. Um, but again, I want to thank everyone for making it to the end. We are at the draft. This is, this is it. This is why you listen. This is why you've been listening these last couple of weeks. Values are going to change like crazy. So make sure you stay tuned. Follow us on Twitter at dynasty monarchy over there. Leave us a like, follow, subscribe, do whatever you got to do to help spread the word. Gentlemen, thank you again. And I want to thank everyone again for listening to the end of the podcast. We will see you on the other side of the first round of the NFL Draft. See you all next week. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Dynasty Monarchy Podcast. Fancy some fantasy advice? Tweet or DM at Dynasty Monarchy on Twitter. Until next time. 
farewell, my fellow kings and queens. 